I'm Roy Brantley, and this is my lovely bride of 37 years, Cindy. Okay, it's on. Good morning. It is on. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, my wife, as she does, she's an elbow in our relationship. <laughs> she reminds me of what we need to do, and I need to introduce our family. I spoke about them, but we have the obligatory family photo, the Brantley Bunch. <laughs> I love the verse, the last shall be first. I was a baby in our family, so I'm going to start with our baby. And that's the upper left-hand corner is Celeste and Daniel Stagg. The, yeah, give it up for them. What we love about them is they were the first ones of our immediate family that came to Antioch, and we are very appreciative of that. Then below is Karis, Karis and her husband, Robert Hill. She came, and now she's recently married to Robert Hill. They live in Salado, Texas. And across the way is our son and his beautiful bride. That is Stafford and Julie Brantley. They reside in Fort Worth. And you go up, and you see the Slabos family. That is, yes, uh, Patrick and Bethany's our oldest. And I like to say, since he's from the Netherlands, I like to say, well, y'all have a king and queen in the Netherlands. You have an heir, a spare, and a princess. So the heir is Jaden, the spare is Josiah, and the princess, no doubt, is Jocelyn Joy. So that's our family. <laughs> Thank you. And... New seasons that we're in, I am an attorney and I practice law and I have for over 35 years. And Cindy, tell them. Well, I just graduated from middle school after 22 years. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, folks, come on. She's really bright. Explain graduated. Well, actually retired, yes. Um, but guys, it so feels like graduation, and that word has come out of my mouth so many times this spring because God has a new season for me, and I've loved the calling of teaching. It was a calling, but he has new things, and, and I'm so excited, and so not only for me, but for my husband because January 1st, he will be sworn in as a judge, so. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. Yes, so we are excited about new seasons. And um, I just want to say I am so thankful for the Antioch family um, and Amen. your passion for Jesus. We're so thankful that God has led us here to be a part of this family. And one of the blessings I just feel like I'm supposed to share is that last January, this past January, during a Sunday morning worship, the Lord just dropped this thought into my mind. And it was that Roy and I had both been saved for 50 years as of 2022. And it was just this awe. It's like, wow. Because of our age differences and because we accepted the Lord at different ages, I had just never calculated that. So as the Lord loves to do, the following Sunday, Tyler was speaking on it's the year of Jubilee. Guys, 50 years is special. It is so, I mean, all the many blessings. I learned so much from Tyler that morning that I'd never heard before, just from the word of God. And so we just are excited about the new season. And most of all, 
excited that our Lord speaks to us. He loves to dialogue with his kids. What a precious thing. So we're thrilled to be here this morning and share with y'all. Absolutely. And our heart's desire has always been to worship in spirit, being married to an English teacher, and is and, it's both, and truth. And we do that here at Antioch, and I praise God for that, that, you know, we follow John 4, 23. What a blessing that is. And I have to have a shout out to Dan and Linda Hell. Dan, where are you? We... We got to minister, Cindy and I got to minister to them back in 1992 at a March for Jesus. It was an event that, was, that occurred at Texas A&M. We marched all the way around, and it was one purpose, to lift up the name of Jesus. And we got to be a part of that with Dan and, we were, and Linda, and we were going to different churches at the time, but Dan stealthily was praying for us to minister together again. So we thank Dan and Linda for their prayers. We are ministering together. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. So with that, we're going to introduce, but before we get to that, y'all know, as Billy said, we've been to a Let Us, Let Us series. We started with Let Us Spur One Another On. We, we followed with Let Us Hold Firmly in the Faith. We had all these wonderful let us, let us press on to maturity. Let us draw near with sincerity. Let us lay aside every hindrance. Let us run with endurance. Last week, Bobby shared, let us show gratitude. This week, hold on. <laughs> let us go out to him. Wow, that's heavy. What does that mean? Let us go out to him. So we've been asked to share Hebrews 13, 11, excuse me, 12 through 14. So we're going to read that. that. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the gate that he might sanctify the people through his own blood. So then let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. So, as we began to seek the Lord, not only for understanding with our minds, but revelation of these verses months ago, the first thing he did was show me that in verse 12, it begins with the word, therefore. Being the English teacher that I just will always be, I had to go Amen. back. Okay, therefore is therefore a reason. Let's go back to verse 11. And that was imperative for me to understand what God was trying to show me. So let's go back to 11. All right. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the gate, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood. Okay, that's not totally a new thought to us if we've been in the word over the years. But y'all, there was just this revelation. The eyes of my heart were open as I began to realize the way the religious leaders handled sanctification was through taking 
the animals outside the gate, killing them, and their blood was used for the atonement of sins. That's what they did with Jesus. They followed the same procedure, yet they totally missed it. He is our salvation. He's the ultimate sacrifice. He is the lamb. And so while I had realized this here, it dropped here. And just to, again, reiterate, they followed the religious rules of atoning for sins, but missed the Messiah using the same rituals. With my English teacher, I found that I'm a visual learner and I have to see things. And what we're going to show you is an a rendition of the tabernacle. That's the tabernacle. You see the animals outside, and that's a whole that's a whole sermon in and of itself. But I wanted you to see this, and then let's go to the next slide, which is the city of Jerusalem. What is fascinating about this? It's set up very similarly, same pattern. Do you follow me? And look at the bottom. Bless you. At the twice at the bottom. <laughs> You see Golgotha, it's outside the gate. Do you see that? Now let's do them together, the two together. It, it, it is a pattern, and that's what Cindy's talking about, is it's a pattern. And here's what's amazing to me. Any of y'all Western movie watchers? You see people when they hang them, you know, they did something wrong, they hang them. They hang them in the middle of the city. They don't hang them outside the gate, Right? But here God orchestrated it to where Jesus was crucified outside the gate, not in the middle of the city to try to quelch any rebellion or whatever they wanted to do and hanging people inside. So from that, it's clear that Jesus was cast out. He's cast out the gate, outside the gate. He's cast outside the city by the religious. Hold on to that thought. Jesus is about a relationship, not about religion. Let that be clear. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father, not religion. So, I'm so thankful for that, aren't y'all? Amen. This is about a relationship, and our Heavenly Father loves to communicate with us, and he does it in so many fun ways. So many creative ways. And um, so with that, over several weeks, I kept getting this question that at first I thought it was just me. And then after a while, I clue in, oh, this is you, God. Um, and the question was, how can I feel holy? when, Or how can I be holy when I don't feel holy? Amen. I don't feel holy. But the word says, I am, that Jesus did that. It's done. I am holy, whether I feel it or not, by faith in his word, in the word of God. And I can know, I can know without a doubt that I am holy. As we surrender to him, we can identify Him with him. That's where we identify with him we surrender, we can identify with him outside the gate in that he took on shame for us. He bore our disgrace, our failures, 
our condemnation, all these things that haunt us and make us feel unholy, he took care of it. Again, we're sanctified by his blood. It's his blood that cleansed us. And I love in Leviticus, which God set up the pattern for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. It says, we are his holy people. You shall be holy to me. For I, the Lord, am holy, and I've separated you from the people so that you would be mine. That's personal for each one of us. He separated us so that we could be his. First Peter 1.15 says, and we're to be holy in all our behaviors. Again, it gets to that, I don't feel holy in all my behaviors. We have to focus on the truth, which is Jesus. And I don't know if many of you know the, the Antioch mission or if you really dwelled on that. I love it. It says that we're to present Christ a radiant church ready for his return. Wow. A radiant church is a holy church. We shall be holy because he's holy. He's getting us ready. And I have three daughters and a daughter-in-law. I know what weddings are about, okay? (laughs) Those brides get ready for the groom. And I can't wait the day that we see Christ as we're presented as a holy sacrifice for him. So, again, I am holy because he's holy. Yeah, so we're continued to be encouraged in verse 13. So then, let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. I could not let go of that verse for days and days. I kept saying, Lord, what does this mean? What does this look like for me personally? What does it look like for your people in this day and time? So the Holy Spirit often takes me through a series of steps, and then he just ties it all together, and there's the revelation. So if you'll bear with me, I'm going to share the steps that he took us through. So he prompted me first to go back and read all of Hebrews 13. What shocked me was two of my life verses, probably my most five quoted verses of my whole life are in that chapter. And because they just are so a part of me, I don't cite them when I share them or when I think about them. So I was shocked. So there was Hebrews 13, 5. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Guys, that is everything to our faith that we can keep walking in this life. Hebrews 13, 8 was the other one. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Again, my faith is so built on that truth. He then reminded me of Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame the dragon by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even until death. And if you remember last week, Bobby spoke about the second part of that. We know about the blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb, and the word of their testimony. So much power in testimonies. That's why our pastors lead off with testimonies. Thank you, John, for that wonderful testimony of weeping. Yes, (laughs) but they did not love their life even to death. This is what the Lord has led us to 
focus on. While Bobby focused on the testimony, he had us look at this. Yes, it all came together for me. He had been weaving all these verses, and he revealed to me that I can say yes to him. Go outside the gates. It's not comfortable out there, guys. It's out of our comfort zone. But are we willing? Um, and surrender my life because of what he tells me in verses 5 and 8. He reminds us of this constant, his constant presence with us. Think about this. How sweet it was and is for him to remind us of those truths before he invites us out to share in his reproach. We're not there alone. He invites us to join him in his reproach. And then what's even more mind-boggling he helps us do it. Amen. He helps us say yes. As we surrender, he, the Holy Spirit draws us to help us say yes. And a verse that really magnifies this in our lives, it's a wonderful verse, Galatians 2.20. And we have it up here. If you look at that, I, put yourself in the name in there. I have been, if you've accepted Christ, okay? If you don't have a relationship with Christ, we'll talk. Please, but if you do, you, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives. The life I now live in the flesh, this, I live by faith, faith in Jesus Christ. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself up for me. That's how we go out to him. We join him because he gave himself up. Many people have heard of Spurgeon, wonderful, wonderful preacher. He had this quote, and it just rings home to me about this verse. Our holy faith makes us a separated people because our Lord in whom we trust was separated and covered with reproach for our sakes. This is, this is a heavy word here. Mere going out from society is nothing. This is Spurgeon, not me. Going forth in him, Jesus Christ, is a great matter. We have been crucified. And think of this. Jesus was outside the gate. That's where they put the lepers. That's where they put the condemned. That's where they put the cursed, the shamed, the disgraceful. All of the things. And I know Satan has thrown those words at some in this very room. Jesus took it on for us. He voluntarily gave himself up outside the gate to take on our reproach. It's not ours. It's his. And, you know, how do we join Jesus in this crucifixion? Well, 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered for sins once for all time. What does all mean? All. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I know all. The just for the unjust. I'm unjust. He's just. So that he might bring us, you, me, to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. 
Wow. Acknowledge his blood. Acknowledge that he died for us. First, acknowledge you're a sinner. All of sin falls short of the glory of God. Anybody know Romans 3.23? Somebody raise your hand. Somebody <laughs> knows that. Did you know, this is interesting, God ascribes wages to sin. You go, okay, wait a minute, this is crazy. No, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Wow, it comes together. Jesus paid our wages. He paid them all outside the gate. He bore our shame, our reproach, and all of that. And so I pray that our eyes, like Ephesians 1 says, the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, and inheritance of his saints. Your saints, if you have Christ in your life. Yes. As we embrace him and his sacrifice, let's look at verse 14 again. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city for which, which is to come. The city is his kingdom. Yes, we have a home, a heavenly home to look forward to that is beyond our comprehension. But guys, Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are his kingdom carriers. Amen. He wants this kingdom to come now, not just to wait. And even though that will be glorious, it will be wonderful. He wants it to come now. When we love him and willingly surrender these things of the world, being in this world, but not of it, a different worldview, it is his perspective that we have to have, that we want to have. And what is that perspective? When he was hanging on the cross, one of the last words he said, it is finished. Wow, that's wonderful. The Greek word of that is, bear with me, tetelestai. I practiced that one. <laughs> tetelestai means it is finished. It is present tense in what's called aorist tense. It really means it is finished and will continue to be finished. It's done. No moss. It's over. And praise be to God that he did that. And so, yes. yes. Give it yes. up for God for yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I quoted Spurgeon earlier. I quote him again. He said about this word, it would need all the words that were ever spoken or ever can be spoken to explain this one word, tetelestai. So, we're going to transition to the question, but I'm going to pray for us right quick and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us into this question. And the, the question will be, how can we identify with the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior? So, Father, we just come to you and give you praise, give you glory. We let us come to you with confidence of what you allowed your son to do. Let us come with confidence with what, Jesus, you allow your Holy Spirit to do. We ask that you would help us and guide us as you, Holy Spirit, are welcome here. You're the true guide. You're the true teacher. And we ask that we would get in on what you're doing so that Jesus and our Father would be glorified. Amen.